I don't know about you, but around our house, winter and spring is just birthday season. Okay, we got two birthdays in February, a birthday in March, a birthday in April, and a birthday in May. And so we just keep going all the way through. We just go from party to party, right, in our household. And as a dad, I love to hear what my kids ask for. Right, you get those wish lists of what they want for their birthday. You get little things, you know, like uh, maybe a pocket knife or Shopkins or something small. And then you get the big things, right? Like, Dad, where's my pony? All right, I want that pony in the backyard. You know, and, and sure enough, a pony shows up, but it's about that tall and it's plastic, right? You, but as a dad, I love to hear what they ask for. And this morning, we're going to look at a passage where the Lord calls us to ask. And he's a good father, and we'll see his response. So if you've got your words, we're going to Luke chapter 11. Turn over to Luke chapter 11, and we're going to start there, beginning in verse 5. Now Jesus, his, his disciples have asked him how to pray. We see what's commonly known as the Lord's Prayer, and then immediately Jesus begins to follow up with these verses, responding to his disciples further. Then he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me from a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And from inside he answers and says, Do not bother me. The door has already been shut and my children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So here's the picture, right? It's, it's midnight. The house is shut down. All the kids are in bed. Everybody's asleep. And then you hear that knocking on the door. You're going, oh, no. Right? There's, there's that knock. And he, the, the friend responds and says, wait, whoa, 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 it's too late. Go away. The other friend's persistent. I mean, can you, can you imagine that inconvenience, right? Have you ever been inconvenienced in your life? I'm sure nobody in here has ever had a moment where you've been inconvenienced by anybody else, right? Two of you have been inconvenienced, great. But that reality of, um, we've all experienced inconvenience. I mean, another way that could play out in, in today's time is um, a guy calls a buddy and says, hey, I know it's last minute, but can you look after two baby goats for about 18 hours? Because my daughter's party is tomorrow and I don't want her to see the goats until her birthday party. Sounds like an odd request. That would be pretty inconvenient on somebody. I'm the guy that made that phone call on Friday of this week. I tried two buddies. Either of you keep these two goats for about 18 hours? Conveniently, neither of them got to their phone in time. But that reality of, you know, we are inconvenienced at times. Or as parents, every parent would love to say our children never inconvenience us. Every parent would be lying if they said our children never inconvenience us. We don't like it when it happens. But if, you've got, if you have small kids running around, you understand that reality. Because even to go to the bathroom, you get inconvenienced when they come barging in or whatever the case may be, right? Or maybe it's more serious, the times of inconvenience when you've got a hundred things to do. I remember a point not too long ago where 
one of our kiddos asked me, he said, Dad, can we hang out and talk a little bit? And it was bedtime, and we had hung out and talked just he and I the night before. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, he just wants to do that again. We can do that at some point, but right now it's bedtime, and I have things to do. And he asked me a couple times, and I started to walk out of his room, and then I turned back around and said, okay, buddy, what do you want to talk about? And he asked one of the biggest questions he could ask from a, a father who hears from their kids. I thought, Lord, I could have missed this moment if I felt inconvenienced by my children, by my kiddo. And that picture of we all experience inconvenience. And yet in this story, he was inconvenienced and eventually he responds and listens But just knowing that part of the story doesn't tell us the full picture. Jesus continues to tell us more. And so we need the rest of it to understand what he's even saying right here. So let's keep going. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. As we're in the prayer series, isn't this one of the greatest verses of prayer that we talk about, right? All I've got to do is ask and he's given me a guarantee that I'll receive. All I've got to do, if I need to know something, he just says, seek, you'll find it. Or knock and that door will be open. See, we see this passage and, and we tend to use it as a whatever I want kind of passage. I mean, didn't God just respond to me and say, whatever I'm asking for, he's going to give it. And we make these requests and these prayers. Look, he's invited us into the authority of God. That's what he just said, right? Was you, you ask of me. I'm inviting you to ask of my authority and my power. That's not an obligation. That's a great invitation. Right? The, the picture of if the president of the United States said, hey, I'm going to give you all my authority and, and power and let you ask whatever you want. It's going to be yours. You wouldn't go, oh. You'd say, wow, I've got the authority of the president. I can ask. That's a great invitation. How much greater has the father said, come and ask. And I will give my authority and I'll answer and I'll respond and I'll move. But every one of us is probably having in the back of our minds that time where you prayed and it didn't happen the way you thought it would happen. Right? Isn't that what we do? We go, but I prayed for this to happen and it didn't happen. We can't stop there with this verse. You have to keep going to what else Jesus says. Verse 11, now suppose one of you fathers is asked by his son for a fish. He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? Or if he asks for an egg, he will not give him a scorpion, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So here's the picture. A son comes to his father and says, hey, uh, can I have a fish? Jesus is making a very obvious statement here with these questions. No dad is going to say, no, you can't have a fish, but let me give you a snake. Let me give you something evil for a common request that would be normal. No no dad is going to have their sons say, say, hey dad, can I have an egg? I need something to eat. And the dad's going to come in and say, no, don't worry about the egg, but let me give you a scorpion. That's a better answer. Right? It's an obvious response here. No dad is going to do that. And then he goes on 
to talk about. If you then, being evil, again, know the audience. He's speaking even to his disciples. Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Man, here's, look what he just did. We've been building, I can ask and I'll receive, seek and I'll find, knock and the door will be open. And then he kind of takes a turn from what they would have expected. He says, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Interesting. We've been reading it in terms of ask whatever I want and I'll receive that thing. Seek whatever I want to seek and I'll receive that thing. Knock and that door will be open. And what Jesus just said is whatever you ask, whatever you need, whatever you seek, the Holy Spirit in every believer is the answer to every request you could ever make. That's different than what we anticipate, isn't it? That's a different response. Wait, the Holy Spirit is the answer? Yes, the Holy Spirit is the answer to every request we could ever make of the Lord. We'll play that out as we keep going, why that's the case. But be clear in this passage, this is not a, you're going to get everything you ask for. This is a, you're going to have a response to everything you ask for. And like a good father, he will give exactly what we need. Not always necessarily what we want. Dads, moms, you know at times your kids ask for something and you don't give them exactly what they ask for. My kids may come up and say, Dad, I want five bucks. I don't always just go, here's five bucks. Sometimes I go, great, the the leaves need to be raked. And they go, that's not the answer I was looking for, but I'm looking at a bigger picture than what they're looking at. Right? So our Heavenly Father. So why would Jesus use the parable he used and then the picture of the fish and the snake and the scorpion and the egg? See that reality of that first story of the the man who comes to his neighbor? Look, all this culminates toward the end when when Jesus talks about even if if you as evil people know how to give good gifts, how much more will your Heavenly Father give good gifts? Here's reality. That first part, Even though we are inconvenienced at times by friends, by others, by even our own kids, the Heavenly Father, the good Heavenly Father is never inconvenienced by your approach of Him. Never. He loves for you to approach Him. He loves for you to come to Him. It is always a convenient time so that He can respond to you. Jesus knew the question that would come. If I asked for healing in this relationship and it doesn't happen, can he still be a good God? And Jesus said, hey, if you know how to give good gifts and you're evil, know that your heavenly father is going to give you good gifts even when it may not be clear to you. So this picture, right, of when you pray and you go, Lord, I don't see a response. There's an old story about a man who was in his house and it began to rain and the floodwaters began to rise up and they got up to about his knees in the front yard and there was a rescue team that walked by. And they said, hey, why don't you come with us? Let's get you out of here. It's, we want to make, it, make you safe. He said, it's okay. I prayed. God's going to save me. 
Floodwaters rise a little bit higher. It gets up into his house. It's high enough that a rescue boat comes by. And the man says, it's okay. I've prayed and God's going to save me. Water keeps going higher. Man has to end up on his roof. There's a rescue helicopter and the man, you know, the rescue guy comes down on the line and says, hey, you got to come with me. This is your last chance. He said, don't worry about it. I prayed. God's got this. The guy gets washed off the roof and dies and then stands before the Lord and says, I believed you would rescue me. Why didn't you save me? He said, I sent you a rescue team. I sent you a rescue boat and I sent you a rescue helicopter. You didn't take any of them. And the Lord has told each and every one of us to every request we can make. When we say, Lord, why aren't you answering me? He says, I am. I've sent you my Holy Spirit. That when you are in the midst of grieving and hurting and praying for healing for someone, guess what? That healing may not come the way you want it to come. But he said, I have sent the great comforter who is there to give you comfort in the midst of every pain you could experience. See, here's here's the, the image Here's the the issues we run into is we're okay with God the Father and we're okay with Jesus the Son, right? I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe he lived a perfect life. I put my faith and trust in him, that he died and rose again and is seated at the right hand of God and that he paid a penalty that I could never pay. I believe that and I trust that. Got an image of that. God the Father. Yep, he's in control. He's over everything. He made us. He is the Lord. He is perfect in all his ways and all his power. Okay, I've got an image of him. But the Holy Spirit, we tend to get real nervous about the Holy Spirit. What are we going to do with the Holy Spirit? And in that nervousness, we can set him aside and say, no, I don't really want to learn about him. I don't really want to know what you've sent him to do. I am just kind of weirded out by him. And so I'm just going to set him over here. And what the Lord has told us throughout Scripture and what he's told us in this passage is the Holy Spirit is the answer to every one of those requests. So if I set the Holy Spirit aside, I'm setting aside the answer that God has given. And the flip of that is that we don't understand why the Lord would send the Holy Spirit instead of just answering our request. See, because there's something the Lord understands you and I don't frequently. I don't know if any of you have ever done cross-stitch. For the record, I know nothing about cross-stitch. But this image that at the back of a cross-stitch picture, this was something that my, mom, my, my wife's mom um, did for her when she was a little baby. And then it hung in her room for a long time. And what I've learned about cross-stitch is when you see the back of the picture, you can see kind of a little bit of what it is, and if you got close, you'd see it a little bit more. But you see a lot of tangles, a lot of loose ends, a lot of knots, a lot of things that, that don't seem to fit just right. It doesn't look like a real pretty picture. It looks a little bit jumbled. And this is what God understands, that you and I are looking at the back of the picture when we, see, when we are looking at life. We don't see the full picture that God is working on. We see the tangles and the knots and the loose ends, and we're unsure of what God is doing, right? Because we live in a broken world where sin has marred everything that we face. 
So here's, here's the picture, right? Lord, our marriage is not working the way that I want it to. It's, it's, we're at each other's throats. It's not being fixed. I need you to move. And I just feel like we're in a knot. I need you to counsel me on what we ought to do. How do we move forward? The Word of God talks about the Holy Spirit as the counselor and the one who helps guide us and lead us. Or we feel like we're praying for healing and you just feel like a loose end. God, I'm, over, I'm out here dangling all on my own. I'm just a loose thread that feels like I'm all by myself. Will you heal? And the book of John talks about the Holy Spirit as the comforter. Because God may be not allowing us to be healed physically, but he's given the Holy Spirit to comfort us in the middle of it. Because what God understands that we often miss, since we only see a part of the picture and not the full thing, he sent his Holy Spirit to be with us in the midst of our lack of understanding. That when we feel like loose ends and tangles and knots, it's his way of saying, I am right with you. And I am present in the midst of every one of the things you are facing, even though you may not understand what I'm doing. So when you and I don't understand the work of God, we have the opportunity to embrace the gift of the Holy Spirit from God. So that we can endure everything that we face in front of us. Because someday, you know what the Lord's going to do? He's going to turn the picture around. He's going to let us see it fully for what he intended it to be. And we're going to go, I see now what you did. I didn't understand the knots and the tangles and everything else, but I understand the picture of what you're doing now because you've shown it to me. And in the midst of the tangles and knots, he's provided the Holy Spirit because he knows we don't see the whole picture. So as you and I are praying and seeking the Lord, as we make requests and they aren't answered the way that we want them to be answered, what we get to do is we get to trust that the Holy Spirit is right there to walk, guide, lead, intercede on our behalf. You know, Jesus in the book of John chapter 16 talked about that he must go away so that he can send another. It is better for us that he went away so he could send another. Do you really believe that? That it's better for you to have the Holy Spirit than it, was, than it would have been for Jesus to be walking right beside you. Scripture talks about the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Go look at John 14, 15, and 16. Go look at Romans 8. It talks about the Holy Spirit gives life, how it intercedes for us in ways that we can never comprehend or understand in our weakness. God has provided the Holy Spirit to walk with us in every moment of everything we could face. Now, sometimes we make requests and ask the Lord for things that we believe are, are his desire, right? We believe that he's called us to pray for him. We talk about praying and aligning our lives with what prayer does is it aligns us with God's desires more than it's aligning God to my desires. And sometimes we pray things that we believe are God's desire, right? Like praying for someone who doesn't know Jesus. Many of us in here are praying even today for people we love who don't know Christ, Some of you would say, I've been praying for years and years for, for someone I love and care about who doesn't know Jesus. And you go, I know this is what God desires. 
Because in his word, it talks about that he's wishing that none would perish, that all would come to repentance. So God, why don't you answer that request? And instead of it being a picture of, the un, of unfaithfulness on God's part, it's a picture of unwillingness on that person's part to respond to the faithfulness of God. See, here's the reality. Romans 1 Verse 20 teaches us that every person is without excuse before God. Why? Because in looking at what's been made, God has provided a way for every person to have opportunity to know that he exists. And so as, as, G, as the Lord sent Jesus, that is a picture of his faithfulness to provide a way for you and me and every person who would believe in him to be right with God. So when someone doesn't come to know Christ, it's not the unfaithfulness of God, it's the unwillingness of that person to respond to the the faithfulness of God. And that's hard for us. But here's the question you and I ought to be asking. In the midst of that, in the midst of those hard moments, in the midst of praying for someone to come to know Christ, am I willing to be the person to carry the gospel to them? See, the scripture also talks about that the harvest is ripe and the workers are few. Well, guess what? The Lord has opened your eyes through the Holy Spirit for you to see someone that doesn't know Christ. You get to be the one to carry the gospel to them. Will you be willing to carry it? So as we, as we spend time praying, as you spend time praying, don't just pray for them to come to know Christ. Pray for your willingness to carry the gospel So that someday, if they stood before the Lord and they never trusted in Christ, they would have multiple opportunities to clearly see the gospel was put in front of them. That they had opportunity. Because many of us have been praying for a very long time for people in our lives. Will you be willing to carry it to them? See, what the Lord's called us to is to ask openly with his authority and to be confident that he's answered no matter what the specifics of the situation is. We may be caught in the tangle, we may be caught in the loose end, we may be caught in a lot of different places, but the confidence that we have is that the Holy Spirit is right with us and that God has not left you abandoned in any request you can make of him. So you get to ask freely. You're invited openly to come and to pray and to seek and to ask because you are never an inconvenience to the good Father who always knows how to give good gifts to his people. Will you be willing to trust his response in everything you pray for?